Welcome to It's All About Who You Know with host Craig Turner from Momento, the business growth agency. On our podcast, Craig interviews executives from chambers of commerce around the United States and Canada, tapping into their expertise on how to get the most value from your business associations, how their organizations are serving their members, and what's happening in their market for companies looking to grow there. Here's Craig Turner. Welcome to the It's All About Who You Know podcast brought to you by Momentum, the business growth agency. I'm Craig Turner, your host, and we've got another great episode for you today. Now, I don't want to be the one to have to say it, but fall is right around the corner, which means getting back into the swing of things when it comes to chamber events. I will say, though, I did have the opportunity a couple weeks ago to visit my friend and It's All About Who You Know podcast guest, Gina Sudam at the Wyoming County Chamber of Commerce in Pennsylvania for a rare and and really wonderful summer networking event they put on there. I would love to see more chambers doing summer events that aren't golf tournaments. And I know there's a risk that drawing people will be difficult with summer vacations, but I'll tell you, I just saw a summer event in a rural community draw 150, 200 people, and it was fantastic. So think about it. (laughs) But largely, though, September is when things start to kick back in the high gear for Chambers of Commerce. And if you're like me, your schedule is already filling up. If it's not, get some Chamber events on your calendar because that's where business gets done. Now, for most of us, while fall presents lots of opportunities for us to grow our businesses, in the end, it's another fall season and there will be another one next year. But for some of us, getting back to business takes on a little more meaning. Our guest for this episode of It's All About Who You Know is someone who many of you know through the Chamber Network, Joyce Waugh, President and CEO for the Roanoke Regional Chamber of Commerce in Virginia. After 22 years with the Roanoke Chamber, Joyce is retiring at the end of this year, so I'm envisioning that gearing up for one more push through the busy fall season probably has a little different meaning for her, maybe a little bit more. So I'm super excited to have Joyce here with us today because I know we're going to get some dynamite wisdom and maybe even a nugget or two that Joyce might not give us if she wasn't signing a contract extension. (laughs) So Joyce, thank you for being here with us. Thank you for having me. So let me start by just giving everyone a quick formal intro, and then we'll get get into some conversation. Joyce Waz, president and CEO of the Roanoke Regional Chamber of Commerce, representing roughly 800 members. She's been with the chamber since 2000. That's 14 years as president, and previously eight years as vice president of public policy, which is the same role I held during my tenure with the chamber. So I'm looking, that'll be interesting to dive into. Currently, Joyce manages a staff of 10 and works to promote, stimulate, and improve business by influencing public policy, making connections and referrals, and helping small businesses grow. Her 22 years with the chamber represent half of her career life in the region. Joyce has a master's in social work administration from Florida State University, is a certified chamber executive and certified economic developer. She's a graduate of the Institute for Organization Management, IOM, and Sorensen Institute for Political Leadership, a past director of the Virginia Chamber, and past president of the Virginia Association of Chamber of of Commerce Executives, with whom she still engages and periodically facilitates roundtables and teaches classes. She serves on several local boards, probably too many to uh, <laughs> to even list. So thank you again, Joyce, for being here. Let's start with the chamber. Tell us a little bit about the Roanoke Regional Chamber. Thank you, Craig. We've been here since in the in the region since 1889. So we have a long, strong history. Ironically, we began in in large part because folks were trying to get their goods to market in the downtown area where the market was from, you know, the outlying areas and they were having trouble. Their wagons were getting literally stuck in the mud. And so they thought and talked to each other and said, what if we band together and talk to the city council and maybe we could get something done about these, these things they call roads here and make it easier for us to get our goods to market. And they did. And the irony is that even today, improvements that are going on with I-81, Interstate 81, which is a major artery in the east and right through our area, is, is being done largely because of our, our work to lobby and get that, get that completed, as we do with air service, as we've done with uh, additional um, passenger rail service for the region. Um, so I just, I find that ironic that things that are old are often kind of new again. 
But we like to say that, that we promote, stimulate, and improve business. And we do that by making connections and referrals, influencing public policy, and helping small business grow. And by that especially, we are the host for the Roanoke Regional Small Business Development Center. And now a quick word from our sponsor. This episode of It's All About Who You Know is brought to you by Tech Cards. Are you still using printed paper business cards? Is that how you're telling your story when you meet people? We're big believers that digital business cards are the future. In fact, I spent about two years looking at different options, but none of them seemed to fit for me. As listeners to the podcast know, I wear a bunch of different hats, and I could not find a service that did it all for me. Then, through the South Niagara Chambers of Commerce, that's in Niagara Falls, Canada, I was introduced to Tech Cards and immediately knew I'd found the solution. Tech Cards is your mobile marketing platform. It's your digital identity, web presence, social media hub, and lead generator rolled into one personalized NFC-enabled microchip card. You're at an event and someone wants your information? All you do is tap your card to their phone and they have it all. But not just your contact information. No, and this is where Tech Cards really shines. When someone taps their phone to your card, they're directed to your personalized landing page where you give them everything they need to get to know you. For me, I have all my social media, my doodle link so people can book an appointment with me, even this podcast. No more forgetting your business cards in your suitcase when you're at a trade show or deciding if the people you meet at a networking event are worth giving one of your precious cards because you haven't reordered any. Now it's all in one card that you can use over and over and over again. And I'll tell you, I have not brought out my card yet at an event without causing severe wow factor buzz. Here's the kicker. We've partnered with Tech Cards to create a program especially for Chambers of Commerce. Not only can you bring this innovative, forward-thinking technology to your members, but we've included a viable revenue piece for Chambers who participate with us. If you give me a call, I'll even tell you how you can use Tech Cards to have your members market you. Check out MomentumCorporate.TechCards.us. That's MomentumCorporate.TechCards.us. And let's get your members networking like it's 2022. And now back to the podcast. I love the history. Those stories are so important. And, and, and when we do our, our training uh, with, the, with the chambers uh, or their boards or ambassadors, we always start with the history because we think it's so important that people, you know, to, to the member level, understand what they're a part of. It's not just some random business organization where you go to some networking events. It's uh, there's, there's, I mean, you're, you're looking at a hundred and what I just adding in my head, 130, 140 years of history and just a part of this uh, economic driver that's been added for a long time. So that that's so important. Thank you for telling that story. Your background is public policy, which which touches many of the areas uh, that, that a chamber will work in. You know, even you think there's a delineation between networking and public policy, but there isn't really. They're all they're all really tied together. What's going on in the region right now, and what kind of what kind of uh, opportunities, but also challenges, is the chamber dealing with? I think like a lot of communities, we're, you know, we've been very engaged with some of the issues. We're located in a in, in the downtown area, and yet we serve the entire, what we call Virginia's Blue Ridge region, which encompasses the broader MSA. And, and a lot, like a lot of people, we've seen, even though we have less homelessness, as far as actual counts, than we did pre-pandemic, people are more visible. And I think, you know, what we found during that kind of pressure cooker time is that the stress and in situations of, of the pandemic have been manifest more with, you know, people have said mental illness and, and such as that, because we have a lot of resources that that, but they're not being fully utilized because people don't want to utilize them for whatever reason. So, so we've been involved with other groups, and I think this is true of most chambers. You know, the way to get things done is through other people um, by partnering with them. So we've partnered with um, the Downtown Roanoke Incorporated group, the others in the community who are much closer to the actual situation, the population, but had an ordinance, an ordinance got passed for not allowing sidewalk camping, because that's important to 
people who work downtown, people who live downtown, and now we have probably in the three to 4,000 range of, of residents in the downtown area, as well as for tourism and, and anyone that comes to look at our community or consider expanding or growing their business you know, downtown because the downtown's the hub for the broader community. That's one of the one of the situations and one of the things that we've seen, uh, you know, and, and and there's been some modest improvement there, you know, trying to get people the help that they need and and on and on. And I, some of the boards I sit on, one of them is it, full disclosure is downtown Roanoke, and so that's something I think most communities are dealing with and and as effectively as possible. But it's a challenge, and that is a, one that I think we're going to have with us, just like another big challenge, which is evident because finding people to hire and finding good people and keeping, you know, good people. That, you know, you can train all day long, but, you know, whether it's public service like police, fire, safety, or, you know, whether it's small business, bigger business, I mean, everyone's experiences. And so together we we're doing together we can do more and and together we are working together to get more i think that is going to be with us a long time on some other plus sides we have we have some businesses that have been growing and we i like to say it was it's been a marriage of health science and um, major university of virginia tech and our major and may our biggest employer who is in healthcare, Korean clinic. And we actually did lobby for a, a medical school. Gosh, that's been 12, 13 years ago, maybe now. And so we have a medical school, a VTC School of Medicine, at, which is now part of, it's a school of Virginia Tech and Fralin Biomedical Research Institute. Together, those things have had a synergy that we, you know, I don't think anyone would have completely anticipated, but it's been a wonderful marriage that it had continues to grow and expand, spin off companies, bring bring a lot of thought leaders into the community. And then when they depart for, because uh, a lot of them will be physicians in other parts of the country, spreading the word about our region as a part of that. So all of that's been good. And it's highlighted, for example, if you were to do an industry cluster study, we have to take out healthcare because it just dwarfs everything out else, you know. And I think I think other communities may have that situation too, but that is especially true here. And and you know, some of our inner city visits, um, we've been able to learn more about you know, whether it's technology, and some of them from 20 years ago helped us start our greenways um, system, which is extensive now and just so needed. You know, going back to the pandemic, what did people do? They almost overtaxed the, the greenways because they needed to get out. They wanted to get out safe, you know, good place, clear their heads, you know, help their bodies. I could go on and on. But I'll stop there, right, right there. Uh, no, that, that, that's great. And I love the, I love the approach. Let me, let me go back to the uh, the first part you talked about the homelessness because I have a, I have a, I have a question on that. There are a lot of things that chambers do on a daily basis that are necessary to be done, but aren't you know aren't necessarily the top focus for for the membership. Uh, obviously, it's an important issue, but but how do you how do you take an issue like that? And I love the two prong approach where we're going to fix the situation here, but we're going to fix the root of the situation at the same time. How do you rally your members and your board around that to say this is something that desperately needs to be done? We need to fund it and we need to focus on it. I think our exec committee, especially, I mean, you know, they're, you know, I'm the day-to-day -day person. The exec committee gets into much more detail, the weeds, if you will. And then the board, you know, the bigger picture is setting policy and direction for the chamber. And I'll say this, our, our, we expect our board members, when I do a one-on-one -on -one orientation with our new, new directors, I always say, we really need you to be our eyes and ears in the community because we, none of us can see and know everything. And some will say certain things to us. You know, we got to do something about X or we got, you know, 
what's being done about why. And we're not always the ones, you know, in fact, I would say often we're not the ones that would be way outside our lane, yet we are all good conveners. And so we can get the right people in the room. We hosted a group, gosh, probably five, six years ago, you know, to help address panhandling. Similar kind of thing. Little did we know that, you know, we'd be in a shutdown mode in our world a little later and have related issues as a result. But by bringing the people together, the service providers, the people that are experiencing the situations, the ones that are very close to it because you know, their, their lane is improving downtown, and then some of the economic developers, we were able to bring those together. And so what we do with our board is to make sure our job is to educate, you know, educate our board and educate our members on various things, whether it's a piece of legislation, you know, local or state or even federal legislation. You know, like you said, it all ties together. And so we will hear from our members and from our board, various things, you know, permitting, you know, that's always been a big issue. The larger community, sometimes the it comes across as more bureaucratic and trying to make sure that keep, you keep a good relationship with, the, with, in our case, the local governments. And it's like, you know, we're not trying to tell you what to do. We're just, we, we want growth. Right. You know, we, we see these issues. What can, how can we help you address those? Because, and so much of that is all behind the scenes. In fact, I would say almost 90% of it, well, maybe not that much because we do a newsletter during the General Assembly for policies and bills that we're following and action that we're taking and and when we do alerts to get members engaged. But I would say, I would say so much of our work is about education, you know, informing our members and, you know, educating our board finding out what members needs. Again, you know, we see ourselves as kind of business solution kind of brokers, if you will. And we may not be the ones to solve it, but what we can be are the ones to help find the solution. We have a part-time person that, that handles the, you know, calls, general calls during the day. And she had an appointment this morning and we're all kind of flexible. And so I was able to pick it up. And this lady wanted, um, you know, wants to, is do, planning a franchise business somewhere in the region. Yeah, well, we don't do economic development. We used to. We used to do tourism. We used to do it all. But it made more sense 35 to 40 years ago for those to be separate. But because we sit on each other's boards, ones that know the community well, I said, you know, you can look on our website and get this information. But let me just you know, give you the right person and why they're the right person. And, and, you know, talk to this one or this one at this same, same company, and they will help you get what you need. You know, if you have problems, call us back, but we all are helping each other. And that's, that's, you know, sometimes people think that, oh, those all need to be under, you know, all together in one building under one umbrella. And I guess in in my career, what I've learned is the structure is far less important than the cooperation. And as long as people are willing to work together, it doesn't matter. Which which is a great tool. And I think I think if you're a member of the chamber, largely you you know you have that access, but it's it's communicating that beyond your membership to to other companies too. I think what's interesting, uh, you talked about doing things behind the scenes. And I think all chambers learned over the last two years. I mean, th- thankfully, we've now we've probably got six months of a little more flexibility and freedom with the live events and things. But but over the last two years, there was an awful lot of work done be- behind the scenes because there were no events. There was no front-facing storytelling. So it became a challenge on how do you communicate what you're doing behind the scenes to your community without beating your chest at how awesome you are. But at the same time, you said you have a staff of 10. I'm sure they spent a whole bunch of time walking people through their PPP applications. And that was very, very, very important work. 
but you got to keep those people employed. You still got to pay the bill. So how do you, how do you marry, you got to marry that communication of here's what we're doing with letting the community know that these services exist. Let me, let me move to the future. So you've, you've talked about some things that are happening right now. Obviously the chamber in any community is, is a part of planning the future going forward. So how, how is your region and how is the chamber involved in looking at the next 25, 50 years? I know there's community plans, there's the state has plans, the region has plans. Obviously, you're now handing off the chamber to, to someone else, having had this impact, but how is, how is your impact and how has the chamber kind of influenced what the Roanoke region will look like for the next 25 years? Good question. Well, it's interesting because we have conducted um, a total resource campaign. This will, this is our third year we're, we're getting into it for the fall. And another reason why um, you know, we're, we're trying to get another person on board sooner rather than later is to make sure that our membership person has that back up and someone can go through the process while he's still in that role and you know keep the continuity so that when he shifts to the, the president's role, it's all it's all to, you know, coordinated. That actually has become essentially our program of work. I mean, you can see through whether it's legislative programs, you know, pre and post general assembly session events, or, and you know, again, educating the members, connecting with our legislators, upcoming the the state of the city and state of the county kind of events, whether you know whatever it is. And all of the other events that are for those connections and referrals, I, I liked what you said at the beginning with the um, you know try another summer event. Well, we had we we had something in our um, program of work, if you will, that and for the TRC last year, something brand new, which was a cornhole tournament. I would never have thought the chamber would be in the cornhole arena they saw that on your calendar yeah yeah and it's like okay then and we got such a response of people wanting to underwrite and be a part of it that we actually had to expand it almost like at the time of the trc which we did That's excellent. Um, yeah i mean but you know i thought about that so so we're doing we're, we're really planning our our strategic plan update with with the board in early December so that whatever we come up with, we will have a long lead for anything that needs to go in the total resource campaign for 2023. So that's sort of chamber-ish, but that also goes for any new initiatives, any other, any new programs for the region as a whole. Now there is, you know, there's there's a lot going on in so many different areas. And I think just like any business plan, you can't look out. You can, oh yeah, you can create a plan for, you know, 2035 or, you know, 2040 or beyond. How beneficial and useful is that really going to be? Right. You know, when, in a day and age where the technology is, is changing so rapidly and, we all know now that unless you're in manufacturing, pretty much you can do it, you know, remotely. On and on and on. So, so with all of that, I would say that as a region, you know, we're we're collectively sort of finding our newish direction. And you and we do know it is, you know, health science. It is technology focused. It is ways to still support and help our help people find and grow their customer bases while really keeping and expanding the quality of life that we have in a region and in economic development world we always you know yeah yeah everyone has quality of life and that's true what makes yours unique what makes yours better and what's our role in that and so a lot of our role in that is you know support in some cases sometimes it's taking the lead and what what our community has done is gotten very much into 
into outdoor activities and the marketing arm for attracting businesses created that uh, foundation just for the outside. And then the tourism arm, the other part that had been many years ago, part of the chamber has done something similar by bringing in the Ironman for three years with a, an additional one. So a lot of our role through the, some of these things is, is to do that promoting, you know, promote, stimulate, and improve is, is promoting. So trying me to be sure that instead of just creating more stuff to do as a region, how do we want to be seen? You know, we're not the marketers of the region, but how do we want to be seen and making sure that we work with the others, including, including, you know, government, non-government, you know, business sector, first and foremost, to create a, the strong business climate that helps all the business boats rise and help existing companies really thrive. Yeah, you know, that continues to be really our focus. And for the region as a whole, I think, I, I mean, I see much more along the lines of, you know, spinoffs, but also smaller healthcare related services and you know, some of it will maybe in, again, other, other areas, but, you know, that education is, continues to be very, very strong. We have three private colleges, universities, Hollins, Ferrum, and Roanoke College. Ironically, Hollins and, and Roanoke are about the same age as, as the chamber, okay. uh, maybe even a little bit older. Virginia Tech, of course, Elaine Grant University. And ironically, we have a program that we've supported at the General Assembly that has been a very good stimulus, if you will, for uh, whether workforce programs, but again, all about higher paying jobs, making a difference in the region requires at least two jurisdictions, if not more. It's helped on the economic development front with you know sites and things to, to further those along, but you can't, you can attract business, but they don't have a place to go you know, you're in trouble. And again, not our lane, we just support. But of that, it's called the Go Virginia program. And we're district two. And within our district, it is Lynchburg region, just east and north of us, the Roanoke Valley, we call Virginia's Blue Bridge, and the New River Valley, where Virginia Tech is. Well, ironically, the largest public university, Liberty University, and largest, um, yeah, private, that's private. And then Virginia Tech, the, the, the largest public university in the Western Virginia, you know, Western Virginia, arguably the state, right within this Go Virginia uh, region too. And it's, it's kind of fascinating because we have like 29 colleges and universities within not even a 50 mile radius which is wonderful and awesome. You know, some of those are community colleges, but some of them are technical colleges and every one of them counts. Every one of them counts. You have to have a quality education from pre-K on these days to make, to get that workforce that you need. And, you know, those challenges are going to continue to um, give us opportunities to find new and innovative ways to make things happen. Absolutely. You've talked a lot about partnerships in the community and it's it's clear that that not only is is that important to to your leadership but also that you spent a lot of time working on it and it sounds like it's working let me talk about bigger partnerships you worked with the virginia chamber association you were on the board there you're an iom grad i believe you just got back from acce as well can you talk a little bit about the importance of those networks, not only to you know your growth personally in your role, but also to your your chamber, to the Roanoke Chamber as as an organization? Absolutely, I recommend to especially newer chamber execs. You have to realize, and I don't mind saying it this way: I'm the dinosaur in our region, hmm. one of, one of the few in, in in the state now. But having been around a while and sitting in the president's seat. I recommend you know ACCE and of course Virginia Association of Chamber of Commerce Execs, which has periodic you know programs and seminars. But those networks 
are so important in helping not just new, but especially new ones, make those connections so that when you run into um, a situation, I mean, you can't very well, I mean, you, you ask your staff about a lot of things and you can ask your board about a lot of things, but sometimes you really just need, what are you doing with X, Y, or Z? And especially on the, with ACCE, you know, they, they have groups that are similar sized chambers across the country and, and you can really bounce ideas or get those best practices from them. And, you know, from ACCE itself, where they chronicle that information and have access to it and make it very readily available to their members. Just the ideas, and even at even when I was at ACCE, I brought back a couple of things that made such good sense to me that we need to, this is another new opportunity that we could offer our members, you know, and we don't just dive in, as I tell my team and my board, uh, in fact, we had um, Sherry Ann Kelly speak to our board in January, and, you know, they, they it kind of energized the board, and they were excited, and it's like, and afterward, I was saying, glad you're excited, and lots of initiatives, and lots of opportunities, I will just say that to bring something else on, I'm going to be protective of my team. We've got to look at what can we can take off unless we want to add more people to the team, you know, and, and that constant balance I think is, is, is tough, but these organizations give you those kinds of connections and camaraderie that really help. Now, during the pandemic, there were, were a group of 10 of us and I did the same thing in our region with chamber execs just just by phone even later you know we did by zoom but you know just checking in how are you doing everything going okay here's some things we're doing sometimes you want the can you want the advice or experience though from people that are just beyond your region you sure. know so you don't feel like there's any any chance of competition for us we we do as much together and help and when we do, when someone is lost from some one of the area chambers for whatever reason, you know, we try to jump in and just say, "How can we help you? This is important. Call, lean on us, where we, and we'll help you however we can." You know, but because that's going to help you help everybody in the long run. You know, we have members that are members of, like you, several chambers in, in our region and also the Virginia Chamber. Each one offers different things. And depending on what the members want or what businesses need, you know, they're getting all of the above from the different chambers. But we have, and I will just say one more thing. We, we have the chambers in this region and in the Western Virginia area, we have, we have something called Virginia West. It's a coalition of chambers for legislative and, and business um, purposes. Sure. And that's been very helpful it keeps the group together and we can agree on larger issues, whether it's like we said, I-81 improvements or whatever, whatever, you know, on workforce, things that we can agree on, but it gives our Western region that doesn't have the population base of say a Northern Virginia or R Richmond area or Hampton Roads area. It gives us a stronger voice and it also helps connect us with more of our le region's legislators. So it's, it's a it's a win win, but yeah, these connections are so important, and I I strongly encourage people to um, get engaged. You can't go to everything. I mean, it, you know, I have a staff. You know, I manage a staff or supervise staff of ten. Almost almost half are small business development centers. So I don't I I don't have to I don't do anything. They you know the director of small business does that. But whether you're one and a half staff members or you know six and a half or 25 there's still a lot to be done and you know again you you really have to decide and how much you can do you yes you want professional development so i always encourage people just to plan that out do put it in your budget if you can't get to it then this year just plan for next year so the, my two cents. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great, and I agree. I, when I was with the chamber, I thought it was it was incredibly valuable, both 
you know, for my role with the chamber, but as well as for, you know, bringing best practices back to the community. Let me uh, let me transition a little from the chamber to to you personally. Now, I would I would ask what gets you out of bed in the morning? What, what gets you most excited about the job? And perhaps I'm going to rephrase that question is your retirement upcoming. What do you think you're going to miss most about the job? Absolutely. I know I'll miss all the people, the team, the people, the people just being always in the know, you know, before it hits the paper or, you know, is on the news. I, I, I'll miss some of that. And at the same time, I will tell you this, my, my husband was retired for about probably 20, I don't know, 20, 25 years or so. And he always loved, in his life, he's always loved sleeping late. But ironically, he missed suiting up every morning. Yeah. You know, so that was a good gauge or if you will, good, good, good way of helping me kind of see what the future might be. But I have some tentative plans for maybe doing some, whether it's contract work, consulting. I've had a couple of offers along those lines. And we'll just see. I, I mean, I am a people person. I also would like to get my walk in every morning instead of sort of catching as I can, because I know for myself um, that works on the weekends. But most mornings, when we when you have a ribbon cutting at at eight, or you know you have meetings that start at seven thirty a.m., and then you you never you the rest of your day you just don't have any control over. That's just life. But I tell my team. If you need to get out and walk during the middle of the day, just do it. I mean, your schedule, you know, yes, we have some things scheduled around things and do it. In the chamber of business, I find you often get your steps in at events and trade shows. <laughs> You've always got to have your phone or your or your smartwatch counting your steps because that's where, they, that's where they're coming. So one of the questions we like to ask, actually, it's our favorite question to ask, and, and I'm, I'm avidly anticipating your answer with your retirement coming in 22 years on the job is a lot of things. You get a lot of ideas. Your board has ideas, a community, your members, your staff, you yourself have ideas in the chamber world. A lot of, a lot of good ideas don't find their way to reality because they, they don't have the funding behind them. So the question we like to ask is if you had a blank check to do something in your region, what, what would you spend that money on? Oh, wow. Yes. Some very, uh, okay, I always tell people, and my staff knows this, of the three little pigs, I'm the practical pig. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so so one would be literally making sure all the sidewalks, all the streets were much cleaner consistently than, than they are. Kind of like the broken window theory in a community, sure, you sure. know, in a neighborhood. If it looks like it's being run down, it's going to get run down. And the con contrast, and our streets are good. And some of us just kind of realize it could be better. So a lot of that is, again, betterment. Um, the other is there. there's even more programs to connect young people with internship, shadowing, all of those things. I really think that's our future. There's some really good programs, again, that we, we participate in. We advocate and push for our members. One's called Career Quest. And it gets, um, you know, your, sometimes it's fourth and fifth graders. Sometimes it's sixth and seventh graders. In those early stages, and, and it is like a trade show where, or an expo where kids are bussed in and they're, they're, they're coordinated together. And then... They go into these sections and it's all timed and they get to do things like Volvo truck just down the road from us um, has these little miniature trucks, you know, a cab and then the, the, the axle base, if you will, that, and, and they have all the parts in a uh, simplified version so that kids can, and they have a countdown of two minutes and it's, Kids get to put together a truck. It's, can you put together a truck in two minutes? Again, hands-on kind of learning. What you're really doing is sparking interest and helping kids see far more than maybe what their parents do and what they see their teachers doing or someone at 
whether it's a burger doodle or movie show, where whatever, it's giving broadening their horizons about job opportunities in the future, possible careers, things that they would not necessarily think about. How many times do people get through school, college? I, I worked with people like this. A fellow got through school, he thought he wanted to be a CPA, hated it, hated it. So for an interim thing, until he figured it out, he became a police officer, you know, just to buy time, get money, uh, learn something and, and keep, you know, keep his nose clean, went for a different degree and, and then, you know, turned out in a profession that he really loves. But that's an expensive route. If we can do that earlier, give students opportunities. I, I am, I, I would get passionate about that kind of thing because Again, you don't want kids just kind of going through and thinking, oh, well, I don't have this or I don't have that opportunity. Yes, they do. And starting earlier, doing more, that's where I spend a lot of money. And, and that's fantastic. I, I tell you, it's, my thought process on, the, on that has always been, and it, I think it's it's relevant to the Chamber of Commerce conversation, is that folks like you and me who have worked for a chamber or worked in economic development or worked in bigger industry we have had the opportunity to tour manufacturing plants and we have had the opportunity to sit on biomedical conferences and things like that so we we've seen all these things so for our children we're able to bring that home and and tell them these things or, or you know families we know the people that we're close to or, or even you know and i love going and talking to classes and things but i am able to do that how do from a chamber perspective, and this isn't a question, this is a, a rhetorical question. My my thought process has always been, how do we take that kind of exposure and experience that we've had the opportunity to get because of the job we had and extend that to, to the masses and really get into the middle schools and the high schools and show them these kind of things? It's interesting. I mean, we, we have a General Mills plant here in, in Buffalo. Apparently, they give away tours very rarely. I've had the opportunity to have that tour and I don't take that for granted that, that I was able to have that experience. And it was absolutely fascinating. You're just watching these giant boxes of lucky charms being moved around by robots and things. But how do you, how do you take those experiences and get them in the hands of, of more people is, is the, is the challenge I think. And I love that, that that's, that's uh, top of your list there. Is there a member you've got a hot mic in front of you? Is there a member or a couple members you want to you want to give a shout out to? Oh gosh. All of the healthcare entities just were overtaxed during the pandemic and and some even since that time. So shout out to, you know, Green Clinic and all the healthcare community, Lewis Gale providers at all levels. And and to I would you know gosh, even to teachers and things. And I, I think the other end of that spectrum, we do a small business awards. And of course we you know, couldn't do any of that in person um, in 2020, 21. We, had, we, we were not gonna have people filling out applications and uh, you know, competing, if you will, for awards when so many by size, especially small, small, small ones, had no guarantee of even being there come fall. So we did something different called, you know, small business celebration. And we highlighted some, and one was a small business, again, all who survived, especially in retail, especially in those small service sector groups, um, just, we were so appreciative and wanted to honor them. And whether it was like a wine gourmet, a chocolate paper uh, company, who kept kept their doors open? They would shop for people and even take it to them. You know, the restaurants that stayed in business. And there are so many that, unfortunately, national and 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 locally, that did not make it. Right. Where they made it through that, and then now they couldn't can't get get the people to make it work. You know, it just hurts your heart. But one of those small businesses is called She's International great little business. She was a flight attendant, traveled the world, minority owned um, company, 
And she kept bringing back things from different places she had traveled and people in, were interested in them and they started buying these things. And then she, so that's what led to her little shop. And it was in another locality before it moved to a bigger space in another locality. And, and people have thankfully, you know, supported her and good, good for her to find innovative ways also to partner with different restaurants and other places to make those happen. But she's, yeah, that, that's a good one. There's so many, um, you know, like I said, you know, some of the other consulting companies, I mean, they're just, gosh, gosh, it's just hard to, hard, hard to single out a few. There, sure. there are just so many good ones. Sure. Black, oh, I will, I will give another plug. Black Dog, sure. Black Dog Salvage. They, they helped put us on the map through a um, the, do, do it yourself that DIY um, they had a, a salvage dogs was was a show that they were a part of for for many years and um, and again two fellows uh, naval na navy uh, veterans and combined their efforts and teamed up and they have all this cool stuff we even gave them some stuff uh, we gave them a safe this the building that we're in at one time was a savings and loan and so we had they we had these old lock boxes. Turned out they're heavy as sin, and 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 it took them far much more time to actually get those things moved. But we were glad for them to have them and for them to be able to sell them and use them at their have them at their at their shop, which is just cool. If you ever come come our way, that's another great place to uh, to visit. That's excellent. So you talked about uh, your morning walks, and when we were talking before we hit record here, you, you said you're an audible person. What books, blogs? How do you stay? How do you stay inspired? How do you stay uh, in the know on things? What what uh, books, blogs, or podcasts could you could you recommend to your colleagues? Uh, mostly, I'm a books person. I'm getting more into podcasts, and look forward to hearing more of yours. One of the one of my all time recent favorites is called Boys in the Boat. The Boys in the Boat, historical fiction, but it is it is a true story, just fascinating, about a team of boys that row boat row boats out in Washington, Washington State, and how some had never even been hardly outside of their town. They wound up going to the Olympics in Germany, at a time you know during just before all heck broke loose. And, you know, Germany, Hitler wanted to make sure that they showed the world how superior they were uh, themselves. And these fellows, despite all odds, win. And it, it is indeed inspiring. That one is one of my favorites. Like I said, I mentioned a couple of that, that I like that are business books. One is the advantage. And of course, anyone going for their CCE, which I would highly recommend for chamber execs or people in, in senior leadership, I would encourage any of any of um, uh, Patrick Lencioni's books. And another personal favorite that's good for anyone who's had any kind of loss, uh, again, inspirational and, and, uh, and just helpful in, in gaining perspective is called Finding Meaning, The Sixth Stage of Grief by an author that co-wrote with Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. And again, those are, those are some of my, some of the tops of my list. But again, whether it's history, pure fiction, or biography, it's like people. You know, we have the opportunity to learn from everyone and everything. I truly believe that that we are not unique. I, I didn't make this up. I've heard it elsewhere. We're either blessings. Pe people are to us either blessings or lessons, often both. And I think the same is true of us. You know, we are to others blessings or lessons, sometimes both. Yeah. I like that. So I'm going to thank you. For, for all of that. And thank you for uh, the time you, you've spent with us. And I'm going to start to wrap up, but I want to, I want to ask one more quick question. November, December, you're going to 
sit down in a one-on-one with your successor and empty your empty your brain of advice for for them. I'm assuming what you say will be re- very relevant to a lot of our listeners in, in the Chamber Network here too. Obviously, I'm not going to spoil everything for this, but can you give us one piece of takeaway advice that you that you're going to give from 22 years on the job? It is about priorities. Just realize that not everything is important. And the other key thing is take care of your staff. I feel like I am here for for my team, not the other way around. Sure. And if, if we take care of each other, the rest will take care of itself. Because that's how we get everything done. Yep. I have seen this team do remarkable things. And I've seen a lot of people. I've learned from each and every one who's worked with me, worked for me over the years. But honestly, I mean, you mentioned golf all ago. And we have a have a tournament coming up. And I've got a, we, one of the things we do is in a, we do management services for, gosh, about five different groups. Okay. And that falls to me and our finance person primarily. And so I'll miss much of the golf tournament, but I'm not worried because my team has it covered and that's, that's it. So make sure that they know they you've got their back and they'll do the same for you. Excellent. Well, again, Joyce, thank you so much. Where, if, if somebody's interested in learning more about the chamber or the region, where's the best place to send them? Uh, to our website at roanokechamber.org and all of our phone numbers and under staff, you know, all of our phone numbers and emails are right there. So if someone needs something, you know, we, again, we do our best to help other chambers that need or would like, you know, more information just as others have kindly done for us. Excellent. Well, Joyce, thank you again so much for spending some time with us. I appreciate your insights and and opening, giving us a look under the hood at what makes the uh, the chamber tick. I think we all got an awful lot out of out of hearing from you. I wish you success and possibly even some rest and relaxation as you retire from the chamber. Happy to see uh, the the future planned and and more success at the chamber. So, to our listeners, I hope your strategy for this fall includes spending lots of time with your chambers of commerce. They're there to help you grow, so definitely use them and make sure you're supporting them as well. Your Chamber of Commerce is trying to take care of an awful lot of businesses, and you have resources, expertise, and energy that can help them do that. If you're interested in learning how we can help you create a strong relationship with your Chamber of Commerce, check out our website at www.momentumforbusinessgrowth.com. I also very much encourage you to connect with me, Craig Turner, on LinkedIn, which is where I kind of keep the, the active engagement with weekly advice, information, and guidance on how to make the most of your Chamber of Commerce investments. Again, if you're doing business in Virginia, particularly the Roanoke or the Blue Ridge region, or are interested in the market, please check out www.roanokechamber.org and connect with Joyce and her outstanding team. Thank you again, Joyce, for being here with us. Thank you to our listeners, and we will see you soon with another episode of the It's All About Who You Know podcast. Take care, everyone.